What is going on, friends of the Rocky cast? It's graduation season. There's a lot of high school and college graduations going on. And I'm not famous enough for anyone to ask me to give a graduation speech. And so this is my contribution to all you high school graduates out there and college graduates out there. And I think it's going to be something very helpful for you because I think I'm going to, one, I'm not going to repeat the standard tropes. I think you're actually going to get it um, and get something out of it. And if you have a young person, especially probably a young dude, like women, I think this is going to apply to you, but, but, but it's mainly going to probably be for young men. But it can apply to all genders and identities and that sort of thing. But I, I think I'm going to avoid some of the pitfalls of advice. And number two, I think I'm also going to avoid some of the obvious themes that you've probably already heard, like follow your dreams or get up one more time. Success is, is the last successful effort that you had. The pitfall, I think, that's kind of what you hear at most graduation speeches. And I think one of the pitfalls of any kind of advice, which I hope to avoid in this particular podcast, young people, is the idiosyncrasy of advice. Because what's one of the problems of some advice is that, you know, what works for me may not work for you. It may be idiosyncratic to me. So there are certain things that you kind of got to do, like in the health space, like, okay, yeah, like whatever works for you. And um, I hope I'm going to avoid that pitfall, but at least I'm giving you that advisal that, um, you know, I am going to try to offer you timeless truths that I think are going to help hopefully help you avoid some of the things that happen to people as they get older. And it's going to allow you to have a productive, bountiful, purpose-driven life. So what am I going to cover? I'm going to cover vocation. That is what you do for a living. Number two, I'm going to cover a little philosophy from Aristotle and give you a little advice from him that I think is going to be really helpful. And the final thing I'm going to do is, is I'm going to offer you a description of what I think your most valuable asset actually is. And it's not money. And it ain't that core bet. Because a lot of you are like, oh my God, I just want to make as much money as I can so I can get that gator, that sexy gator that I want. So I can also take vacations they can post to my friends on Instagram. Well, I'm here to tell you, kids, that that's not the way that it should be. I don't know why I'm impersonating right now. I, I sound like I'm looking at Catherine Hepburn or something like that. Damn you, Henry Fonda, damn you. No, I, I, I think I'm going to give you what your most valuable asset is. And once you know that, you are going to freaking love me for sharing that with you. So the first thing I'm going to do is, you know, in almost every graduate, and in defense of most graduation speakers, you don't have very much time 
And for the most part, people in the audience don't really give a shit what you have to say. They just want the fucking thing to be done. They want it to be short. My pet peeve with graduation speech was like, I'm going to keep this short. And then it goes on way too long. Well, friends, you are tuning in to a podcast. So you have all the time in the world. And if it gets too long, you can always push pause. So that's on you if you think it's too damn long. But the first thing that I'm going to cover is your vocation. This is something I think is the most important thing um, to get right. I think next to your spouse, but it's almost even more important than your spouse because if you get your vocation wrong, uh, you're going to have a lot of stress, anxiety, misery, and potentially poverty in your life. And if you get it right, you're going to be purpose-driven, relaxed, you're going to be in a flow state, and you are going to have a terrific life. So at most college graduation speeches, they're like, follow your heart and follow your dream. And then the high school valedictorian's like, we're going to change the world and we're going to make our dreams become reality. And so the issue is, is that, yeah, that's true, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a a little bit more clarity on that topic. And here I'm relying on the work of Jay Shetty, Think Like a Book Monk. Give your college graduate or your high school graduate this book. Because he talks a lot about the concept of dharma in finding your life's purpose. I think that this is absolutely essential. So what is dharma? as it applies or as it's explained at least by Jay Shetty. And I think this comes out of the Hindu tradition and also the Buddhist tradition. It's what are you extraordinarily good at? What do you love doing? So when you go on a walk, think about if you had nothing else that you could do in the, in the world, what would you want to do? What, what animates your soul? What, make, what do you know you're good at? And, and, and go with your instinct, your feeling, and your desire. And then, so that's the first thing. What do you want to do? If you want to go to the mountains, that's telling you something. You like to hike. You like to bike. Do you like to make things? Do you like to tinker? What do you do in your free time? What do you want to do? So for me, I'll use my example. I love to talk and I love ideas. And once I discover those ideas, I love sharing those ideas with you via this podcast. That's what I love to do. In my practice of law, which is my day job, which some people do not like becoming a lawyer, but when I love law, it's when I know there's justice at stake, and I know I can advocate for someone, and I know they need what I do well, which is a trial lawyer, a fighter, a defender. And so that's the first thing. And, and you kind of get that most of the time in the speech. Follow your dreams. But I would modify that and say, 
follow your desire. And in following your desire, don't listen necessarily to your parents, but there's a caveat. A lot of times your parents will want you to do what's most financially remunerative for you, but pays the most money. So they'll advise you to go into law. They'll advise you to go into medicine. They'll advise you to become an accountant or a teacher or a preacher, whatever they think has the highest risk of pain, of, of most guaranteed result of payment. Boy, you're going to make some money, boy. You got to earn a living, boy. And you do have to earn a living. But the but here's what your parents don't know. If you get into one of these fields, let's say you want to be a writer. Think about Dead Poet Society, where he that, that person's desire was theater. He wanted to act. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he would do for free, to bring joy of people through the stage. His dad wanted him to be a doctor. He knew he didn't want to do that. He did not desire that. He had no instinct for that. And yet his dad wanted him to be a doctor. Well, here's the thing. If you go into a field that someone else tells you to do, especially most likely your parents, or what you think you should do, and it doesn't feel right, listen to those feelings because I think your feelings are a tuning fork for what you actually want to do. Number two, match with what you desire with what you're actually good at. Some people really, like Rudy, like wanted to be a football player for Notre Dame, but he wasn't really that good at it. So, was that really the best use of his time? You know, there was a woman, and it's still probably worth it. I always remember in Iowa City, um, she had some good job at like Champaign Urbana, and she was like this traveling folk singer. And she's like, Oh, I've always wanted to be a musician. And she, she quit her job and she was touring, and I heard her, and I'm like, Okay, good. So be careful. Okay, so. Especially don't turn away from one of these conventions like doctor or medicine or teaching or engineering. Put those on the pause and, 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 and put your parents at arm length if three conditions are met. Once, one, what do you desire or want to do? Number two, what are you actually good at? You know, if you are not very good at basketball and you desire to be a pro player, well, then you're going to have to try to find something in that field that you're good at. It may not be playing basketball, but it may be coaching football. It may be being a trainer. It may be being in financial sports, but still, you can still use that. But within that field, you have to kind of find out what you're good at. One of the podcasters that I love is named John Milikoff. Kind of the guy like me, probably an average high school athlete. You know, I really want to be in football. So he started volunteering at Cal Poly um, as undergraduate. And he eventually got a job as an assistant at Fresno State. And then from there, he went into 
um, got a job and connected to the Philadelphia Eagles as a scout. And now he's a podcaster, everyone's dream job in the NFL, for the NFL, for the volume through Colin Cowherd. And so it turns out that even though he wasn't good at football, there were certain traits that he had which made him good to be a podcaster. That's number two. And number three, before you put your and listen to your parents, number three, there has to be a market for your services. So in here, and this is really key because you do need to, one of the things you do need to do is need to provide a living for yourself, for your loved one, and eventually for your kids. And eventually your responsibility, regardless of what your desire, is to give up yourself to the benefit of your kids. That is the purpose of being an adult, and at least for a man, to be a provider. You know, there was a good friend of mine, and we were talking about our passions. Like, eh, my passion, I'm going to follow my passion. And one of the things he said to me was like, yeah, dude, you know, I, I've done that too, and I want to do that, but you do have to be a provider. You have to be a freaking man. You just can't go and just sort of like, wander around the woods if you're not providing like man up someone has to do the work it might as well be you so in terms of these conventional fields accounting law medicine teaching those can be incredibly productive careers for people i pay the bills with law other people pay the bills with engineering but the thing that before you put the pause button on that make sure you at least are making progress in your passion career that you are intending to do? Are you actually doing it? And remember, as my friend Joe Blair reminds me, that the term for passion is passionum, which is suffering. So you got to be willing to put in the time to be able to make this happen. So if you if you want to do stand-up comedian, or you want to do music, you want to do art, you want to do one of these passion creative careers, well, then you got to make progress in that area. And the best time to do it is in your 20s. Although it was never too late. I started this podcast at 45. And damn it, I'm, I'm a success. I have tens of hundreds of listeners. But I'm doing it. And I did it at 45. And I do it on top of my legal career. So it is something that it's never too late to give up what you or to do what you were put on this earth to do. Because ultimately, what your parents are not considering with the conventional career, law, medicine, engineering, accounting, teaching, these are all terrific careers. But if you're not good at them or you don't get into the right version of those careers, you will be absolutely miserable. And you will have anxiety, you will have stress. And when you have those two conditions, stress and anxiety, you will do a couple different things. You will drink, you will smoke, or you will do drugs, and that will make you even more miserable. So that's a great way, a seemingly conventional career lead to a path of misery. So follow your dharma, read Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. And related to that, read James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. If you read those two books, you got a really, really good start. So number two, 
Um, in terms of making those things happen, following your, your purpose, your passion, your passion project. So remember, you got to be good at it. You got to love it. And there has to be a market for it uh, in terms of that passion-driven career, that dharma, that purpose-driven career. If there's not a market for it, it's just a hobby. You can still do it, but you still got to then earn a living because you do have to be a provider for your family. So how do you make that happen? Well, the first thing is, is I would also read, the second thing is, is to keep your debt to a minimum. Buy Dave Ramsey's book. A lot of people, I don't know if you have to do the seven steps exactly the way that he recommends it. But the bottom line is more people get into trouble due to uncontrolled debt, whether it's student loans, whether it's commercial debt, whether it's the car payment. Those three things as sources of stress are probably the greatest driver in your career. So if you can keep those to a minimum, you'll, one, you'll be a better provider. Two, you won't have to work as hard, so you can focus on building up a passion-driven career. And three, you'll just be a much healthier and happier person. So read Dave, Dave, Dave Ramsey's book and keep your debt to a minimum because that is going to keep your... Um, space that's going to keep you in a good position to follow your passion or your purpose. Because a lot of people are chained to jobs that they don't love because they have too much debt. There's too many financial obligations. So minimize the debt, read Dave Ramsey, and that's going to sort of keep you in a good spot. So related to finding this passion and this purpose, embrace, the number two thing is embrace stoicism. Now, Stoicism is the word stoic in English usually kind of means someone who's quiet and not a lot of personality. Well, I consider myself a hardcore stoic. I think I got some personality. I mean, so I'm an exuberant stoic. In fact, I want to create a new field called exuberant stoicism. But it's taught so poorly in high schools because the stoics are considered like, oh, these people that are killjoys. I'm not saying to be a killjoy. I'm an exuberant person. I'm really happy. But read the Enchiridion by Epictetus, and especially the first sentence. It's kind of like the, um, the high school motivational speaker. Boy, if you remember nothing else, at least remember one thing. Read the first sentence of the Enchiridion. Well, or it'll be in a van down by the river. I that fully impersonation, but he kind of didn't get the high school motivational speaker right. That one sentence changed my life completely. Well, what is the first sentence of the inquiry? And I'll just tell it to you. But read it. So at least you have said you've read it. And read the rest of the book too. But it's basically something along the lines of focus what on what you can control and let go of what you can't. Now, a lot of you may think that's totally obvious, but when you start thinking about the amount of things that you can control, I'll give one domain and connect it to mental health, well-being, and financial productivity. Control over your time. Think about all the things related to your health, which you can control. The first thing is your sleep. 
If you get eight to nine hours and you prioritize your 24-hour clock, read the circadian code by Dr. Sachin Panda, who I learned about through my major, major man crush, Andrew Huberman, and you start aligning your body to the rhythms of the 24-hour clock and sunlight, um, try to get a job that you can do that. And you get up and you go to bed when it's dark and you get up when it becomes light. And you can tap into the power of the morning and you can be energized. You can control what you eat. So you can control your sleep, which will give you more energy. You can control how much you move. Like, oh, I don't have money for a gym membership. You can't do a Tabata on YouTube and do 25 jumping jacks, 25 push-ups, and do yoga. It's all free. So once you start thinking about, wait a minute, I can control a lot. What about finances? People think that's the least thing they control. Well, write down all the things you control. If you're drinking a lot, you don't have to. And you're going to save a ton of money just by not buying your beer or puffing on your cigarettes. So stop smoking. Stop drinking. Oh, I don't have control. Well, then that's on you. People have done it. You can do it. Look up on the internet how to stop smoking, how to stop drinking. And if you do drink, I still drink, but I very rarely drink now. And it's because of the impact on mental health. So focus on what you control and start thinking about your spiritual realm. When you meditate, learn about Wim Hof reading, um, going to church once a week, doing a daily um, Bible practice, or if you know the religion, whatever religious practice you choose. I choose Christianity. It's a creative source of abundance for me. You can control that. And let go of what you can't. So if there's issues with your relatives, what's politics? Politics is by definition something that you cannot control. And to the extent that you can control it, it's so marginal that it's going to cause you extreme suffering if you're focused on politics all the time. Now, I've got involved a little bit more in politics, kind of over my better judgment now, because I think that some of our national leaders are so tricky and confident. I feel like I have to do my part. So even though I'm one little piece of the puzzle, I just feel like I have to clarify and open up the space so we can have good, competent leadership. So, but, but politics is something that you cannot control. So number three, related to that topic, and here I promise to tell you what you're actually most valuable asset is and it's not money although it may involve money but you don't have to have the money to get it it's absolutely free and it's probably your mastery of it and your control of it will be the source of your greatest wisdom or your biggest downfall and that is Time. Yeah, I said it. Andy Dufresne. Time. Oh, landed. He understood time. And that was a time. Damn there, you could do approximately anything. That was my red impersonation. What do you think? Who's been more than three men? The time. A lot of you may think, like, oh my God, I'm glad you didn't give the graduation speech because. I gotta watch. I can look at time. I don't. I don't need to look. This is total bullshit. Like, why? Why would I, time? Like, why look at a watch? Well, if you really think about, yeah, I'm. I'm talking about time because it's control over 
at the time when I was most miserable in my life, now remember, you have to live up to your responsibilities. But at the time I was most miserable was when I felt I had no time at work, which causes stress and anxiety, no time at home because I was overly extended and no time to get what I needed to get done with my rest, my recuperation and my sleep. So if you don't have control over that, that is huge. Now, a lot of you may say like, well, I'm really busy. And when you start thinking about, well, what are you spending your time on? Are you volunteering? Like I would get, I got involved in politics before I was really ready. I didn't have the time to do it. It's something I did not have to do to make a living and provide for my family. And that is something that you do have control of. You don't have to volunteer um, every single organization and avoid things that involve meetings or where you don't get paid. There'll come a time in your life when you have abundance of time, when you're older or sometimes when you're younger or for whatever reason you're involuntarily unemployed. But if you are working a full-time job and you got kids, don't volunteer. Focus on being the best dad that you can, the best husband that you can, um, the best worker that you can at the job. Because remember, you do have to make a living. You have to get things done. You have to provide. Focus on those things that you can control, like volunteering, which no one's going to make you do it, and focus on the things that really matter. A lot of you say, I still don't have any time. I stopped volunteering. I go to a job that I don't love. What else am I going to do? Well, I'll give you one tip on opening up time that you claim that you don't have. And that is the morning. And in order to tap the morning, you got to stop drinking. Okay. If you drink every day, you are not going to sleep well. And you're not going to have your circadian sleep properly calibrated. And if you can start getting going to bed 8.30 or 9 and get your kids, your kids should be going to bed then too. You should be getting them into this rhythm. Everyone getting a sleep schedule, not drinking, especially during the week or hopefully during the rest of the month, but getting your circadian rhythm linked and rocked, you will wake up at 4.30 to 5 with an abundance of energy and have two to three hours of time to focus on your art, your music, your passion. And relating to or directing your time, there's nothing better than a journal to direct what you do in your time. And then think about the little tiny steps, the little atomic habits that you can make to actually achieve what you want to do. So finally, I promised you that I would, I would quote a philosopher, and I'm not going to quote Foucault. Uh, yeah, well, the, the truth is, is I don't really know what's going on. And I'm going to give you some deconstruct. I'm not going to quote Derrida. I'm going to quote Aristotle. I think Aristotle, the great Greek philosopher, gave probably the greatest life advice ever. And it basically said in terms of, so once you find your dharma, your passion, what you're good at, or there's a market, or there has to be a market for your services. Like I haven't started doing podcasting full time yet because I haven't been able to make a living here. But what does Aristotle counsel when you talk about a career path? If you want to be a plumber, engage in acts of plumbing. If you want to be an artist, do art on a day-to-day -day basis. If your desire is to be a writer, 
then write. Write a sentence every day. Get started and repeatedly do it and set a schedule and make it happen. Here I'm relying on the work of Stephen Pressfield who talks about the resistance. Don't talk about the perfect set of circumstances before you get started. Get started right now. If you want to be a musician, start setting up gigs. No one starts at the top, and nearly everyone that's made at the top started through the process of repeatedly doing the things that they love doing. So if you want to be, there's a kid from before who loved to play video games, and he got a job in video games. So he did what he loved doing, and he found a market for it, and he made a career out of it. If you want to lay brick, lay brick. The only way you can get better is to do the thing that you love doing. Now, I want to do a podcast. Well, did I wait till I got the highfalutin equipment? Did I wait until someone chose me? Like, oh, I'm just going to keep my, my talent all to myself. I'm not going to share with anyone. Someday I'll do it when I have enough time. No, I got started. And I got started totally nuts and bolts. And some of my podcasting sucked. Uh, some of them I think are pretty good, like, and there's surprises along the way, like, my highest rated show is on Tilkat Ali. I don't want to become a Tilkat Ali podcaster, but I'll probably do a few more on Tilkat Ali, uh, just so I can get more listens. But here I am three and a half years later. I freaking love doing this. This is like my avocation vocation, not my vocation yet. And I think I'm going to be able to help a lot of people. I want to try to help. I want to do some podcasts on lawyers, um, you know, in terms of, you know, that is a career choice. Because I do know quite a bit about that. Um, travel, um, life advice, these sorts of things. I'm trying to share what I've learned with you. And hopefully in, in such a way that it actually improves your life. That's the goal of my podcast. And sometimes you don't always know before you get started. What the hell is going to, um, how it's all going to transpire. So I think a lot of this stuff, and, and let's say you're like, oh my God, I, I don't know what I want to do. I just, my butt cheeks are quivering and I'm afraid. I'm going to go to work at Walmart. I'm just going to get drunk at the bar in a week and I don't know what I want to do. That's okay. If you don't know what you want to do, get healthy. Don't drink. Enjoy the sunshine. Walk, journal, purpose. Think about what you're really good at. You will find a way. And that's the perfect case for liberal arts. I'll do a podcast on liberal arts school. People always talk about how impactful it is, but everyone that I've known has gone through it, especially as it's properly done. I think we need a little bit more Sparta than liberal arts than Athens, but it's still an incredibly um, important skill set for this modern economy. And don't let anyone tell you that it's not important. So um, if you don't want to go to liberal arts, find out when you're good at music or art or Travel, whatever you want to do, find that purpose, find that passion, and do what you were put on this earth to do. Because, friends, one thing I've learned, and this is my final, final takeaway, it goes by so fast. So one of the reasons why time is so valuable, you don't know how much time you have where you're healthy. So think about time as the most valuable asset that you have because you can be a Jeff Bezos has the same amount of time that you do 
And you can be a multi-gazillionaire. I think of someone like Jimmy Buffett, when you think of like great country tropical singer, you think about the coolest group, Jimmy Buffett, 76. Well, he's running out of time. He's had the coolest of cool lives. But even Jimmy Buffett, his time, he has just as much as we do. And maybe he needed the less. He was just in the hospital. And he would give anything to trade his life that he has now for yours if you're in your 20. Because you got time. It goes by quick. I'm going to do a um, podcast on the work of Phil Stutz. And one of the things he talks about is the, the virtues of starting now. Jeopardy. Go and look into the future. And this is a stoic concept. And think about your deathbed and think about, oh, my gosh, did I do what I put on this earth to do? Get started. You don't have all the time in the world. Focus it, marshal it, and make it happen. Get it done. So I hope you found this useful. Um, I tried to cover the concept of Dharma through the work of Jay Shetty. So it's like a monk, monk read Jay um, James Clear book, Atomic Habits. Probably my best stoic book, Beyond Epictetus, is Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. It's a great book for life. And um, I hope this I hope this wasn't too idiosyncratic to me, but uh, some some of you just gotta learn life's lessons. Watch out on the alcohol thing because that can that can side rail a lot of people. I think I'll do a separate one on alcohol. I think a lot of people are like, yo, I haven't. You know, drunk in 10 years. I've been drunk in 60 days, at least on Facebook. I'm like, eh, you know, I don't really need to do that. But certainly daily out of it, weekly out of it. You better watch out for it. There's a lot of people that are going to be sidetracked with alcohol, but I'll do a separate one on that. So I hope you enjoyed this particular podcast. If you're already in your 40s and 50s or some of my friends and you already heard all these lessons, share it with a high school graduate and make them listen to it. Hopefully they'll find it interesting. Hopefully, what's the goal of education to kind of compress experience of other people and accelerate that so they don't have to go through those same mistakes? Some stuff you're just gonna have to go through mistakes. I mean, there's just there's no there's no doubt about it. But I think if you can avoid this unnecessary suffering, you know, like like the person that wakes up at 42 and figures out the fucking hate accounting, well, a guy like Dick Newhart figured that out. He ended up being one of the top comedians because he was able to do it. A lot of people don't do that as a result of that. They become Totally, totally miserable. And that's what you want to avoid. You want to make sure that you find a career that really aligns with what you're good at and what you're put on this earth to do. And that's not an easy choice, but that is your task before you. So hope you found this interesting. Share it with young people. Share it with your friends and enemies. Share it with your mom. Uh, Share it with your dad. Share it with my mom. I mean, share it with everyone and give me positive reviews on Apple, Spotify, and all places where podcasts are heard. Um, keep keep tuning in. I'm going to be doing a lot of high-quality content. June, I'm going to be attempting my, my mini retirement that I learned about in Tim Ferriss. So I'm still probably doing some podcasts. Law is probably going to intervene to some degree, but I am going to try to you know tune it back a little bit in terms of the practice. That's going to allow me to create more high-quality content for you as I try to expand what I'm trying to do here. And um, just give me positive views and keep tuning in. We're going to be doing art and history and music. And I'm going to do one of my favorite country singer, Hardy, and another one on back and all sorts of stuff. So just keep tuning in. You never know what you're going to find. Kind of like Forrest Gump. The Rocky Cast is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. We're going to have a lot of fun along the way. And so, friends, that's all for now. Until next time, you and I are together on the Rocky Cast.